Good morning. It's good to be with you again today. Um, I want to uh, continue talking some about Project Kibbutz. <clears throat> Project Kibbutz was that group that would put young people, about 15 or so, on a kibbutz with a leader, <clears throat> but they would serve the kibbutz. Kibbutz was, in Israel at that time, were uh, a, a group of people that were working. They would have farms or maybe factories, <clears throat> but they all lived in a community and uh, were committed to the kibbutz and shared in the profits and uh, benefits from it. It was uh, more of a commune, I guess. But then the, the young people would would help serve, and uh, I remember Nathan, excuse me, Rick, I always do that, Rick saying one time, <clears throat> someone, uh, he was working in the kitchen, and the guy said, uh, how come you're over here? And Rick said, we're not supposed to say. He said, what do you mean you're not supposed to say? He said, we're, we're not supposed to say while we're here. We're just here to help you. And of course, the guy couldn't stand that, kept pressuring. Finally, Rick told him, we're here to share the love of Christ with you. Uh, as Christians, we love Jews, <clears throat> and we want you to come to know the Messiah. So, uh, But they weren't supposed to outright do that. And so I told you that after I met Art, became... Uh, um, close and uh, talked about it with our people, Rick and Bob Grimacy went over. <clears throat> the next year, Art and some others of the PK, or Project Kibbutz leaders, had a uh, training in Florida for those who were going to go over in uh, 80. So in sometime, I guess there's spring or early summer of 80, they had this training um, and four uh, young people from our church, uh, Penny Cook, who's now Penny Bop, Jeff Wingo, Jan Massey, and Rick Griffiths, uh, I believe were the ones that were involved from uh, church in the valley. And they went down to uh, for the training. <clears throat> And uh, Becky had recently had Nathan uh, in February of 1980, our last son, fourth child. And uh, and Rick, our oldest, was in Israel. So I took Ed, our second child, and Stacy uh, with me, and I went drove down to Florida to... Uh, kind of participate with the training. I wasn't doing training, but I just typical hugging on people and encouraging uh, those that were there. Uh, during that time, <clears throat> we met Cindy Perry and another girl named Ruth Knight. Both of them became very important people in our congregation. Ruth was a songwriter and a singer. She would come occasionally to Church in the Valley and minister. 
And Sandy Perry ended up uh, being, um, after Project Kibbutz, went to um, Nepal, and uh, she's still one of the missionaries that our church supports. Wonderful lady, gotten her doctorate, <clears throat> and uh, is very instrumental in training Christians in Nepal and India, that area. <clears throat> um, the guy that wrote uh, You Are My Hiding Place was also there that time. That's when he first brought that song out and instantly it was a hit. <clears throat> While I was there, um, the, uh, of course, Ed and Stacy were Ed was like six, 16, 15, Stacy 12, <clears throat> but we had a lot of friends there, so they stayed with their friends. And I went over to Melbourne, Florida to see Jamie Buckingham, who uh, I'd gotten to know on this trip. <clears throat> Jamie pastored, had pastored in Greenwood, South Carolina, the very place we lived while we were in seminary. And he'd become a friend of Francis Nicholson. And then, of course, I became friends with Francis Nicholson. And he got me to go to Israel, Francis did, to be with Jamie. And through Jamie, I was introduced to Art Carlson. <clears throat> and then Cindy Perry. And uh, you can just see how God has orchestrated uh, one thing that would lead to another all of them benefiting uh, our church ministry, what God had planned for our people. As I told you the other day, <clears throat> um, he knew I needed help, and he just organized it beautifully. Uh, interesting little story. While I was visiting with Jamie, I went over on a Saturday and spent the night, and we went with him to church on Sunday. <clears throat> And uh, they had just gotten a new worship leader in their church. Uh, it's interesting, another thing, too, I want to tell you about that, but that Sunday morning, Jamie had a huge sack of something on the stage. And he asked somebody to come up and pick it up. And the guy said, gosh, this is heavy. And he said, yeah, it's 40 pounds. And they said, well, what's in it? And he'd gotten 40 pounds of beef fat. And he said, this is what a lot of us are carrying around and uh, suggested we try to losing some of it. That stuck with me. I haven't been well, done well doing it, but I don't forget it. <clears throat> but anyway, he had a new worship leader that Sunday. And the guy was wonderful. I can't remember his name. But he was one of the best piano players I've ever heard. And in addition to that, a wonderful singer. Sung a lot of Christian songs and hymns. But he was leading worship. But afterwards, uh, we went out to eat, Jamie and Jackie's wife. <clears throat> and Jamie said, what do you think of this new worship leader? And I said, well, he's, he's really gifted, but people weren't singing while he was leading. <laughs> I said, Jamie, they were just listening to him. Um, 
that was one of the blessings that we had had at home with Robert Clark. Robert led people into worship. He didn't perform, he led. And that's my understanding of what a worship leader is, someone who helps bring the rest of the congregation to the throne of God, to encounter God and worship, to adore him, and to uh, rather than to perform before them. We were blessed in that. Um, we had the best in Robert. <clears throat> Project Kibbutz continued to be a great blessing. I don't know how many other people. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to try to name them because um, um, I would like to have all of them. I wish I'd have written them down or something, but probably another 10 or so <clears throat> from our church went during those following years. And everyone who went, uh, their lives were permanently etched with uh, the glory of God and they, uh, they grew. It was training. I know some of them uh, up in the upper area, um, I can't remember who now, but they, at one time they spent like three or four days in the bomb shelter because they were getting rocket attacks. Uh, I remember one person who was going to go, I can't remember who now, <clears throat> but they wanted me to talk to their parent, their, their mother and dad. And uh, so I met with them and they were very concerned about their child going over and being uh, in Israel because at times they are attacked. And so I was trying to explain that that they were trying to be very safe, they had bomb shelters, had, and that term didn't make her feel better. Um, and finally I said, I realized that they, they lived in D.C. <clears throat> and I said, you know, how safe is it in D.C.? She said, it isn't very safe anymore. I said, well... The safest place for your child is to be where God wants them. Um, making them stay in D.C. or Harrisonburg when they're supposed to be in Israel uh, is not a safe place. Um, and that, she resonated with that. She was a strong believer. So was her husband. <clears throat> and they, you know, that's important. Where the, King David, remember, got in trouble because it said at, time, at the time of year when kings go out to war, he was in Bethlehem, or he was in Jerusalem, rather, and he saw Bathsheba. If he'd have been out with the army, he wouldn't have seen her, wouldn't have gotten in trouble. The, the safest place always Regardless of what happens, the right place is where God wants us. Um, so remember that. Um, Project Abutz was a wonderful blessing to our network. And through art, then I met uh, Chuck Farrow, who was uh, a wonderful Bible teacher, uh, uh, 
taught at the seminary in at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. And then we developed a relationship, and I'll talk to you about that. A lot came out of that. Very significant things. Um, anyway, I love you. This is a day the Lord has made. We will, we will rejoice and be glad in it. God willing, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.